Welcome back mental health lovers to another episode of Your Mind Matters 2. I'm so excited to be doing another episode, particularly this one, because it's about something that I have wanted to talk about for quite some time, but I never felt the way I feel right now, so I'm glad things worked out like this. Um, saying that uh, feels a little vague, yeah, I'm, what I'm trying to say is I want to talk about showing up as we are and it's such a special topic for me because lately my struggle has been comparing what it means to show up for people um the way i show up for people now and the way i used to show up for people feels uh, like two different things and so that comparison has been confusing and a bit of a of a bit a bit of a messy learning curve for me um because it used to be that I barely knew when I was giving too much of myself and now I have this insane sense of awareness of when I'm at my limit and so I know when I can or cannot show up for someone else and that's, um, that's an awareness that I didn't have before but most importantly though I have learned how to show up um, the most important thing that I have learned is how to show up for myself. So, um, excuse my voice. I have a bit of like a cough situation going. So I'm sorry if I sound a little croggy. Um, I was saying I love this episode today because it's just from my heart. And maybe it might not make a lot of sense for some of you. Or it may seem a little all over the place. But I truly believe in what I'm saying and all I can hope is that it resonates for you to probably reflect on the same things and maybe get to the same place or even, you know, in a better place. Um, I'm so grateful for each and every one of you that takes the time to listen, to share and uh, give me feedback about this podcast. Uh, To know that you're listening gives me so much joy. I can't even begin to say that enough. So if you have taken your time today to listen to me right now uh, from the bottom of my heart, I I really do love you very much. And I'm very, very grateful for your time. Special shout out to Albertina, um, Albertina Mela, who is my soul sister, who honestly just made me cry with such beautiful words that she wrote to me upon hearing um, my last episode on We Can Do Hard Things. So... My last episode called We Can Do Hard Things. That was a little bit confusing, I think. Um, No, uh, so she wrote so many beautiful messages to me, but the one that stuck out and actually made me cry was when she wrote on her status that upon hearing that episode, she felt heard and validated the whole time. She said, thank you for sharing your truth, Mary, and making us feel less alone in this healing journey. And honestly, that's all any of us want, right? to not walk alone in this journey um, because mental health truly can make you feel like no one understands you and it makes you feel so completely alone. It's why one of the most beautifully affirming things you can tell a person who's suffering with with their mental health is you're not alone. Um, So she made me feel less alone with her feedback and I love it and I'm honestly so incredibly touched by it. So please keep the commentary and the reviews and the thoughts and everything else in between coming. I swear, I'll read every word you write to me, honestly, and, and I'll be so utterly grateful to um, to get your feedback. 
So for those of you that have listened to my podcast before, you know that this is uh, not a medical podcast. I'm not here to tell you the secrets to improve your life or make your life better. I'm in the habit of giving my insight and my thoughts based on my own personal experience on issues relating to mental health. Um, I do this because this is my way of trying to make sense of my own messy little world and because I genuinely believe that more and more of us need to be having these conversations and I hope by listening to my podcast it maybe sparks such conversations within yourselves and um, within your circles essentially. Uh, I believe only by normalizing conversations on mental health issues can people truly feel safe enough to actually take care of their mental health. So if this is your first time here, welcome. If it's not, welcome back. Um, There's no expert here. I'm just a girl who wants to make sense of her own struggles and hopefully help others do the same with theirs. If the things I talk about resonate with you, I hope you reach out and we can connect with that on that. And um, if you or someone you know is struggling with the same things or shares the, the same experiences as, as I do, or you would think or you think would benefit from such content, then please share my podcast with them and uh, follow me on social media and let's connect. All right, all right. I'll be I'll be right back. Don't go anywhere. I'm going to be talking about showing up as we are. Yes. it mean to show up in an age where best friends are the people you take snapchat videos with or are the the people who give you 50k upon request or people you can sit with for hours and have belly aching laughter with um showing up means different things to different people showing up for me means meeting me with a listening ear no judgment and no fixes One of the best things that I have experienced in my life so far has been having the people I love showing up in the most unexpected ways. And I'm going to tell you what that looks like for me in a little while and uh, why that has meant a lot to me. But for as long as I can remember, I've been friends with people who are relatively older than I than I was. Uh, Though small in stature, my opinion, opinions and, and my sense of, um, you know, self and my talkativeness, quickly lear- um, I quickly learned how to fit in the, with the older crowd. It is where I always felt I belong, either with friends who were older than me or um, like in high school friends who were seniors from me. This means that I was kind of exposed to a lot of stuff that Perhaps I might have been too young to understand um, the effects at the time. But it also meant that I walked around with a big head with confidence that I knew what life was about and I knew how to fit in it and all of that. 
But obviously, like I've said in my previous episodes, I don't really know anything. I don't know anything about life. And quite frankly, I don't know if anyone does. But that wasn't my experience when I was younger. When I was younger, I was convinced I had all the answers and I knew a lot because I had people who were so generous in exposing me to things that um, inspired me to know more or to want to learn about um, some of this bigger, bigger stuff. So um, one person that comes to mind is a guy I knew named Jamal. When I was maybe 14 or 15 years old, I met this charming, really handsome um, boy named Jamal. He was the cousin uh, brother to one of my friends, and he was a senior in the school I went to. And I remember Jamal being goofy and funny and handsome. And um, Jamal and I became friends because I had a crush on one of his classmates. And he was in like, he was in like form five, and I, I liked one of his classmates. And so Jamal basically started giving me pointers on how to talk to this boy that I liked and, you know, how to, quote unquote, behave around him. I liked Jamal because he might have treated me like a little sister uh, and I, I kind of hated it because I honestly liked to flirt with him. And I liked um, and I wanted him to see me as an equal. I didn't want him to see me as this like young girl, but he was also genuine and honest. And Jamal and I could talk for hours, and he was at least three classes ahead of me. He was 10,000 times cooler than I dreamed to be, and he was easily the most likable person in any room. He had more heart than most guys I knew, because he knew to treat people well, and I didn't know a lot of guys that good-looking or that popular, that experienced, that would behave the way that he did. I don't remember much about my past, but I wanted to remember Jamal, because even when he didn't have to, He showed up for me when I needed him. Unfortunately, I didn't get a lot of time to know him because on school break one year, Jamal went back home to Arusha and got into a terrible swimming accident that killed him. I remember hearing the news of his his death and, and being shocked about it and everyone in school was talking about it. Everyone on Facebook um, was talking about it. And, uh, and it, was, it was a shock for all of us about how Jamal had died. His cousin, who again was a dear friend of mine, confirmed it when she came back to school. She was devastated, you know, naturally. He was her family and he was young and he was dead. People had died in my life before that, but it was the first time that I realized someone young could die. Jamal's death shook me in, in it did something to me that... I have never been able to articulate and even as I sit here trying to recall who he was and what he meant to those that knew him, I'm still in a way shocked that someone so larger than life could die so young. He was maybe 19 years old, but he died. I don't know I don't know why Jamal sprung up for me now and honestly it makes me a little sad to think about him, but he was an example of what it means to show up. I couldn't tell you now what conversations he and I had. It was probably something nasty because he was he was a little naughty. But I remember always feeling understood. I remember feeling heard and listened to. I remember feeling like um, I wasn't talking to some older guy or some um, you know upper class man. I was talking to a friend. And I've been in, I've been very fortunate in my life to meet some incredible people who have changed the way I think and feel towards certain things. But 
the people that have met me at my lowest and listened to me, not to try to fix me or judge me and help me not out of fear that I'll break, but because they knew what it meant to me. These are the people that have loved me when I wasn't very lovable, and, and these are the people who have shown up for me. Now, don't get me wrong. I'm not saying Jamal was the best person I knew, nor am I saying he was perfect or he was available to talk, whatever. Any of these things you imagine classifies as showing up. No. Actually, I don't remember much about Jamal, but the little that I remember, um, I remember he was cocky. He was kind of cocky and self-assured, but not in that obnoxious, negative way. It was in a positive and likable way. His confidence and charm and bravado made him attractive, but it also made him kind in, in some ways because he had a way of bringing out those qualities out of people, you know. And I don't know if he was the best person, but when he walked in the room, he was the person you wanted to know, you wanted to be friends with, you wanted to like, you know. He behaved so effortlessly and he showed up, um, he showed you exactly the parts of you that you, that were great. He was a sweet talker and (laughs) boy, he was smooth with the ladies. I, I didn't know a lot about him, but... Almost 10 years later, I find myself thinking about him now because he did something for me that I will always cherish. He showed up exactly as himself with no apologies, no excuses, just completely authentic and without walls. And he was magnetic. He was just beautiful. After his death, I remember something inside me shattered. I I suddenly became so obsessed with dying young. I was convinced that I was going to die young at 18 years and that I would never live to be older. I don't know why I felt that way, but years later when my depression started showing up at 17 and I started getting suicidal thoughts, I was convinced that I would in fact die by suicide at 18. And like Jamal, my life would be cut very, very incredibly short. It has taken me years to understand where those feelings were coming from and... um Honestly, I'm still processing the pains of my childhood and adulthood and everything else that has hurt me to try and understand why I am who I am and why I behave the way that I do. Um, And since Jamal, I've known two friends who nearly died young. And since learning of mental health, I have heard of a lot more deaths than I could have imagined possible. So... Because of this, it dawned on me not so long ago that grief and mental health are not so different. When you lose someone you love to death, um, when you lose someone and they die, you lose a part of you and that can, you can never get that part back, you know. In some ways, you learn to survive a new reality where that part of you, though missing, though gone, still lives inside of you, you know. Mental health unchecked does the same thing. Some days... You wake up in, uh, you know, unable to recognize what you're feeling. And the state of being numb can be the most unbearable way to live. Because when your mental health suffers and you cannot feel anything, then you are deprived of, of all that is good in life. And nothing makes sense. You have no joy, no delight. Nothing feels good. And uh, things are worse. Things get worse. Things Things are just like that much more worse if you can't figure out exactly. There isn't a specific reason as to why you feel that way. You know, at least when you lose someone, when someone you love dies, you have a clear proof. You have a reason to feel the way that you feel. 
But with mental health, sometimes there is no reason and you just feel these feelings that cannot be explained and it's terrible and it feels like you're losing a part of who you are. And um, unchecked, unregulated and without an explanation, mental health deprives you of that closure, that um, grief um, when a person you love dies gives you. And then you're left wondering why the hell do you feel like crap? no apparent reason if you're anything like me then perhaps your idea of showing up for people is doing every possible thing you can to make sure that if your loved one needs something then you're there to give it this can easily be material support uh, mental spiritual emotional support you know whatever they need basically you're there to provide i find that people who believe being unconditionally available to show up for others mean well but for me now honestly it's a practice that came with being a people pleaser and i recognize that because i wanted so badly for people to like me and i wanted to avoid confrontations and i lacked the skills to enforce my own boundaries that oftentimes when people asked me to show up for them i would without question and i would drop everything that was important if it meant i got to help someone i cared about I used to think that was admirable and normal, but now I know it's actually a problem. It's symptomatic of a problem that I have. Um, the truth is, and this insight I've, I've recently gotten, and which is why I, I said in the beginning that this episode is so important for me. I didn't know these things until now, you know. And you know, the truth is, you can only show up for people. if you are authentic about where you are in your journey i'll say that again you can only show up for people if you are authentic about where you are in your journey being authentic means communicating your true self communicating your thoughts your feelings your ideas your opinions what you like what you don't like your values your beliefs your convictions your fears the way you view yourself the things which make you feel proud the things which make you feel ashamed and everything else in between i always say a true measure of self love and self acceptance is um if you can answer these questions you know what do you think about yourself when no one's watching what do you say about yourself when no one can hear you what do you know to be your worth when no one can tell you these are things that at your core um represent where you are in your journey and if these things are clouded with half truths or fake whatever or self-loathing or any of that then showing up as you are means being honest with yourself about these things and coming as you know coming as you are if you're not great then if you if you feel ashamed if you if you feel fear if you feel if you have values that are different if you feel proud if you feel happy all of these things that are internal that perhaps you don't get to talk about a lot with people or you don't get to share or you don't get to always be honest about these are the things that authentically represent who you are so if you're showing up for someone else then you have to show up with those things you have to be honest about those things and you have to wear them you know out openly 
for people to see and accept you. But here is the thing. Sometimes, especially for us people pleasers, we want to be the person that constantly helps. So we sometimes have a hard time being honest with ourselves about these things. Meaning, when we show up for the people that we love, we're not really showing up as we are. Which is why it can be so very draining and it does the opposite of what showing up is meant to do. And it leaves you feeling very alone. I felt that way with, with friends for the longest time and I didn't know why. And, you know, now the insight that I have now is that I now know the reason why showing up for people left me drained. And this is because you can only truly connect with another person if you're willing and are able to be authentic. If you're, if you're not being authentic, you are not showing up. Hiding your real self might feel like it's safe because you're afraid of moving through the world, um, being rejected. So maybe you're that friend that is constantly laughing and making people laugh and you're like the life of the party, you're the joy in the room and all of that. Um, Basically the comical one. But in your heart... When no one's there to make laugh, to make them laugh and all of that, perhaps you're actually really sad, you know, and you're battling some really deep fears. And um, because you're not allowing yourself to show that when you're making people laugh, um, then you're not being yourself because you're wearing this facade, this this fake mask where you want people to to be like, oh yeah, that guy, we can laugh around him. He knows how to have a good time, even when you're not having a good time. So being authentic means all those feelings that you have that you don't easily show to people, when you're showing up for the people you care about, you have to wear those feelings, you have to talk about those feelings, and they, you, you know, you have to be, you have to be okay with showing those feelings. The downside with not doing that, you know, I don't know if there is an upside, um, but like the downside of not showing up as you are is no matter how much good you do, if you're not being authentic about where you are in your journey, when you show up for people, then you will ultimately feel empty. You will feel completely alone, even if you're in the company of others. And Personally, my journey has been, I have had a hard time showing my authenticity because growing up, I didn't always feel safe to express myself. And one of my my greatest triggers today, uh, thanks to my childhood, is the fear of being misunderstood. Because as a kid, I didn't feel like my feelings were being affirmed or acknowledged or um, you know, I didn't feel safe enough to express my feelings, you know, and because I didn't feel safe enough, that um, honestly is still a problem for me. So when I do express myself or when I want to express myself and I fear that I'll be misunderstood, if someone, if I'm, that's, if that fear is not being affirmed, if I'm not expressing that fear, then I'll hide. And um, when someone asks for my help and, um, even perhaps because of that fear, I'm not able to help them or because I have my own problems, some other problems of my own that that make me uh, not able to help. By not expressing that, by hiding those things, then I'm not showing up for them. And 
because that's what I used to do so many times over and over again, I would hide whatever it was I was going through and I would move heaven and earth and sit for hours and I would offer listening ear and I'll give my money and I'll give my time and I'll give my energy even when I was personally in a terrible place. When I needed help, when when I couldn't when I I essentially was pouring from an empty cup, but I kept doing it. I kept doing it because I never learned how to authentically represent myself um almost most times, you know. And unfortunately, we live in a day and age where love is said to be unconditional, which means you feel responsible and and duty bound to be there for the people you love even when you're not able to do that. And oh, that is such a lie. I hate that I was made to believe unconditional anything is healthy, you know, nothing that is unconditional is healthy. Except like maybe nothing is unconditional in fact, now that I think about it. You know, and showing up as you are, this means that showing up as you are means being transparent about where you are. If you don't know what you're thinking and feeling in a given moment, that's what you can express. You can say I'm not sure what I think or feel of what I think or feel right now, you know, and you're being authentic. If you're afraid of being authentic, expressing your fear is another way to actually being to be authentic. You can say, sometimes I feel afraid to talk about my deepest thoughts and feelings because I'm afraid of being rejected or I'm afraid you'll think this or I'm afraid you'll say that and all of that. And all of that is extremely valid because that is your authentic experience which is better than hiding behind humor or jokes or you know whatever it is that we do to numb when when we're supposed to be showing up you know and so because of this sometimes being authentic will get you rejected you may be called selfish for having boundaries you may be called anti antisocial for staying away from things that disturb your peace you may be called difficult for being assertive about your needs people will have a lot to say and that's okay because that's also them being authentic all you can hope for is you keep expressing your true self and maybe that will give them the grace to express their own true self too Some things are hard to explain unless you have been through it yourself. When I feel myself relapsing or triggered by something someone did or someone said, I take a step back and remove myself from this situation that has hurt me or triggered me and I ask myself why do I feel this way? Because sometimes when when it comes to like mental health and your emotions and your feelings, sometimes the answer is not always there. for you to dissect and see and you have to like dig deep and do some soul searching and some introspection for you to have the answers. So I have to ask myself why do I feel this way and I do this because no one can answer that question for me. And um perhaps therapy may help make the spaces where these questions can be asked safely but um or talking to a friend or thinking out loud or journaling my thoughts can do all of that. and help me remember and feel and let go and process and all of that but um and don't get me wrong these things are life savers they're very helpful um 
Ultimately, though, the labor of carrying through and experiencing these difficult emotions remains my own. This is because I've learned that you are responsible for how you feel. You may be triggered by your environment. You may be a victim of the actions of those around you. And your your experiences are all valid. But only you can work through those emotions to try and regulate and heal from those um you know, from those growing pains. Friends, therapy, music, distractions, prayer, all these things are mediums and instruments you can use to guide you, but ultimately you're the player that needs to play that song. I am hoping my metaphor carries through. Um, So this is how showing up as you are comes into play. Now, at the beginning of this episode, I said that showing up for me means meeting me with a listening ear, no judgment, no fixes, and that one of the best things that I have experienced in my life so far has been having the people I love showing up in the most unexpected ways. And um, I've already explained how Jamal, by showing me exactly who he was, uh, loud, joyful, goofy, charming, beautiful, he was able to show up for me because it allowed me to feel the need to be myself as well. Even when I was uncertain and insecure and a little neurotic, I knew that he would be there for me and he was a good friend like that. Someone else that has showed up for me is another good friend of mine whose name I will not say, but um, I hope by telling their story that they will know who they are. And um, yeah, so for now, I'll call them anonymous. Now, Anonymous and I met about four years ago. I would describe our friendship and our story as um, on the outset, it was uncomplicated, it was beautiful, it was intense, and it was growing. When we met, I was looking for an escape because I'd suffered a trauma a couple of years back that I was only then feeling okay to talk about. Um, Anonymous was freaking gentle and patient, and um, they listened to me ramble and talk and you know, about the most weirdest things, the most random things, and Anonymous never judged. And um, when I admitted to making mistakes, they called it being human. They didn't blame me. They they weren't harsh or they just let me make mistakes. Anon never threatened to fix me. They sat next to me regardless of where I was, mentally or emotionally. And um, my favorite memory with them was, um, I have a lot, but like one of my favorite memories with Anonymous was on my 21st birthday. Um, That was like, um, yeah, on my 21st birthday, it had been about a year that we'd known each other and Mamma Mia 2 had just come out. I said to them, this is my favorite musical of all time and, you know, if you know me, you know I love Mamma Mia, and I went crazy describing how the first movie came out 10 years back, and you know, you know me and movies, I love to rant about movies, and you know, this, is, this was not a quick rant, this was like facts about actors and their lives and their gossip and IMDB references, it was just like a whole book about the freaking movie. And um, so Anon sat there and listened to me and said, we'll come out um, when the when the second movie comes out and watch it together. 
And true enough, on 22nd July, Mamma Mia, Here I Go Again comes out. And true to their word, Anon meets me at the theaters and I can barely contain myself. I'm just like super excited. And uh, so we sit through the movie. They had never seen the first movie. So I had to like sneak in references and explain the context and all of that. They listened to the music. They shazammed some of the epic ABBA songs that were playing. We laughed. We just, it was just a good time was had for all. Now, somewhere towards the end, um, Donna appears in the movie. If you haven't seen the movie, you know, both the first and the second, just do me a favor, just go watch them. Just, you know, just like go give them a watch so that you get the context here. But yeah, towards the end of the second movie, Donna appears. This was an epic emotional moment. So I'm in awe and I'm in the cinema and I'm crying. If you know me well enough, then you know I don't, you know, like I make it a point never to cry in front of people. And this was one of those like first moments for me where I was like openly crying with someone that I hadn't even known for a long time. But yeah, there was. I was like emotionally wrecked and crying and Anon looks at me and just says, you're actually crying. But they were not mocking me. They were not shocked. They were just stating a fact, almost like saying the sun's up or it's raining outside or the bed feels warm, you know. And, And I cried. I felt so free to cry. I was like properly crying. And then I laughed and then they laughed with me. And then the movie ended and we sat in in their car for about 30 minutes and they listened to me talk and talk and talk and talk about how my life just changed because of that movie. They didn't mock me. They didn't explain. They didn't try to like make sense for me or translate my emotions. They just let me feel those emotions. So they sat in the car with me. They didn't block any of the things that were coming out of my of my heart. They just let me be. And um, they celebrated me. And God, I felt seen. I felt very seen. And I'm excited. I'm like, my heart warms right now just thinking about that day. And it, we don't control how people see us, you know. We don't control how people see us. And open people will meet us in our journey only as deep as they have gone in their own journey but we have every control over how we make people feel around us if you're in the habit of making people feel like crap don't blame it on your ugly childhood or terrible past or hormones or whatever else that makes you feel better about not taking responsibility for your actions because how you make me how you make me feel how you make people feel around you says a lot about who you are as a person now you don't have to be the most likable person in the room this isn't one of those fake it till you make it scenarios where you must fake being charming or kind only for you to be cruel later no this is about giving yourself and the people around you the grace to see your authentic self and paying it forward by letting them be themselves too and like look everyone has a hard life and Everyone is battling something that they don't know how to talk about. And sometimes friends show up for us by taking us out for lunch or giving us presents on our birthdays or defending us in front of those that mean us harm or saying nice things about us when we need to hear it. And and sometimes showing up by being exactly who they are and what they are before life taught them how to hide between fake niceties and high walls. 
that is them showing up and perhaps showing up is not about what you do but about how you make others feel when you're present and alive mostly for me showing up is about doing the work internally to understand who i am why i am the way i am and how i can navigate my life helping others do the same this means i may come up i may come up short sometimes but i will not be sorry to say i'm still learning this means i'll be confused and alone and i will not be sorry to say that i need some help this means that i'll be broken and hurt and hoping for someone else to recognize my pain so that they so that i don't feel alone in it robin william one of my favorite robin william quotes is i used to think that the worst thing in life was to end up all alone it's not the worst thing in life is to end up with the people that make you feel all alone and i love that quote because it puts into words exactly everything that i'm trying to say show up for the people you love show up for the people you care about and show up for yourself because honestly that's where belonging is and that's where love and life is and i hope you take this as a sign right now um that tells you you can show up exactly as you are and give others the grace to do the same my name is marms bay thank you for listening to me Hey guys, this is Mariam again. Thank you so much for listening. If you liked what you just heard, please subscribe to my podcast and uh, consider leaving me a review. I would love to hear what you thought. Um, what are some of the ways that you show up in your spaces and what are some of the ways that people in your life show up for you or you would like them to show up for you? Uh, please just reach out to me and let me know. Um... Don't forget to share the link with your friends and family. That's the best way to get more people listening. If you're having any trouble with the link, you can reach out to me and I'll be sure to sort that out for you. Uh, you can connect with me through Instagram um, at underscore your mind matters too or at underscore she is Mari underscore or Facebook through the page your mind matters too. Um, yeah, I think that's that's really everything. Um, don't forget to tune in for another episode in two weeks from wherever you get your podcast from. Bye.